Hello, hello. Welcome to Fish Food, a podcast from Little Fish Accounting. And I am your host, Kayla Hill Trawick. Today, I am here with Ashley. Ashley, why don't you give us a brief bio? Why don't you start by telling me a bit about what you do for your day job and your passion project? Sure. So hello, everyone. My name is Ashley. I uh, full-time am a university administrator um, at a large Research One institution in the Northeast. I supervise um, a middle-sized staff and really focus on student development and student engagement at the university. Uh, but my passion project or my um, small business is with School and Life. School and Life is a podcast, a blog. It is a community space for women. And um, just over the last couple of months, I actually began to do one-to-one mentoring and professional development um, support for women. Um, so School and Life is growing every day. And really all of my work is really committed and connected to um, advancing the experiences of women, um, creating community space for women to engage one another um, and the world around them and to help us school life a little better. Cool. All right. So let's go back a little bit. Um, when you first started working, when you entered the working world, was this what you thought you'd be doing? Like, was this the goal to get to this place or what were you thinking that you wanted to be when you grew up? If we go way, way back to baby Ashley, um, I wanted to be the president of the world. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I'm basically halfway there. Um, so close. Like, I feel like president of the like United States is first, but I don't currently meet the age requirement. Clearly, I'm qualified. <laughs> right. yeah. It don't take much. <laughs> and you are beyond. Situation. <laughs> I'm qualified. I just don't meet the age requirement yet. The world part, I'm still trying to figure that part out. But then like mature Ashley, when I sort of thought about like what I wanted to do in the working world, um, I'm just so grateful that every day I get to do my dream job. I am so passionate about serving students. I love working in the university setting. And particularly in my work, I work primarily with online students. And so I joke all the time that like my students live in my computer. Um, And Mm. so I get to engage students every day and connect with them and help them and do meaningful work. But I don't necessarily have to see them. Um, and sometimes that is nice. Yeah. Um, I don't have like that constant, like sensory engagement, like all the time in my face. But if I want that, I can like drive down the street to one of our larger campuses and see students walking all around and, you know, engaging like, you know, traditional college students do. So um, best of both worlds. Yes, really, truly best of both worlds. So when you, I guess, as you move through your career, and I ask this too, because when I started Little Fish, I had a full-time job and I was like, I'm just going to work. Like I never had an entrepreneurial spirit. Did you ever consider or think about early on working for yourself? How did you move from a, I'm working full-time to, I think I want to start some type of entrepreneurial um, expedition outside of work? Oh my gosh, can I just tell you, like, I hate everything about entrepreneurship. (laughs) To this day, everything about it drives me nuts. I hate it. Um, And in fact, and I'll I'll sort of circle back to this later, but I really run my small business, not like an entrepreneurial venture. Like I am the sole proprietor, right? Like I am the owner operator Mm -hmm. and everything. But like, I'm always taking on partners because I do not like working alone. And so, no, like I definitely did not intend to be an entrepreneur. I used to hate when people would just be like, you know, quit your job. Work for <laughs> I'm like, this is, bull- I don't know. It, yeah. Yeah. I would be like, this is bullshit. Like I'm trying to collect a check. Like, right. I'm on time. On time. 
Okay. Um, listen, I get paid on the last day of every month and I know when my check is coming. That check don't I- ever miss. Don't never they it, 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 you know what I'm saying? So yeah, like I <laughs> yeah, like no, I had no entrepreneurial ventures, no plans. I mean, in fact, when school and life started, it was just the podcast and it was me and two of my girlfriends and um, I had some amazing women in my life who uh, were really pouring into me. And I realized that not every woman had that. And so mm-hmm. I was really just trying to share what I had with other people. But then about eight or nine months into it, I realized like, oh my gosh, like I could monetize this. Like this, there's a way for me to make money doing this. And I started to sort of go down that pathway. And that's when um, I had this sort of situation where my my peers, my friends were not invested in it in a financial venture. And that was challenging. That was a, a definitely a turning point for School and Life. As a um, sort of budding business owner and business developer, I was trying to think about monetizing and making money and, you know, bringing on sponsors and, you know, that kind of stuff. And they were just like, hey, I just like talking to you on this podcast. Yeah. I don't and doing all of that kind of stuff into the brand. Um, and so they left the podcast. And then I was at this critical point where I was like, okay, like, am I going to keep going down this path of trying to monetize and trying to make money? Or am I going to just like, let this be some fun thing I do for a hobby? And I decided to, you know, press forward and make the investments, you know, get the trademarks, get the LLC, start building a team around the brand of School of Life. And every investment that I've made in School of Life has been returned to me. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. No, that's so exciting. I feel like That is true. I have a lot of people who will reach out to me and say, hey, when can I quit my job? And I'm like, how much money do you make? Because even when you think you're making good money, you get one hit of, you know, $20,000. It's like that can't carry you for the year. So (laughs) what else are you going to do? So I guess that kind of leads to my next question, which is partially answered. But I wonder kind of your take on it. Part of that is because you hate the entrepreneurship part, but like what makes you keep working for someone given that you have something on the side that really makes you happy and that you enjoy? Um, I told you that one of the reasons that I reached out to you specifically was because you are one of the few people that I know that like really loves their job. And it's more than just, I'm trying to find a way to get out of this, but really I'm trying to find a way to either marry these two passions or at the very least be able to do both of them. So what does What does that look like for you? I do. I really love my job. I really love what I do. And I don't feel like I can't be, I don't feel like I have to be one thing. I feel like I can be an entrepreneur. I can be a small business owner. I feel like I can grow and make investments in school and life. And now the Mentor Me platform that's a part of that brand and still be an outstanding student affairs professional at a senior level. I am really intentional about my time. I'm really intentional about my energy. I'm really intentional about the investments I make in my in my personal brand and business and in my career. And I don't think I have to compromise. I don't think I have to choose, particularly not at this point in my life. And so I do hate like the rat race of like, oh, I got to, you know, when can I quit my job? Like, oh, I'm making these entrepreneurial ventures. Like, when can I quit my job and work for myself and sit on the beach while, you know, (laughs) a picture of entrepreneurship. Right. Like at this point in my business, most of what I make in my business is returned to my business because I operate in excellence and everything that I like all, you know, the work to make it excellent takes significant investment. And so I I recognize that doing work that I love full time for someone else is a privilege. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm grateful for that privilege and I treat it as such. (laughs) No, that's fair. I don't feel like enough people have that. And some of it, I think, may just be part of, like you said, the rat race, this feeling of if I'm not supposed to be working for someone, then how do I get out of here as fast as possible instead of recognizing, you know, what I tell people all the time is, If you don't like your job or if this is not what you want to do full time, the goal of this job is to pay you to do the shit you actually want to do. So keep getting your check on time. Keep not having to chase down clients. Keep not having to invoice people and use that time, money, availability to be able to do all the things that you want to do. Yeah, so true. I absolutely believe in that. So what is next? So I know not even just like on a huge level, but I know... I told you before that I've seen all of the great things that are coming out of school and life. What do you want that to grow into and what do you want it to be? I know sometimes when we start things, there's like a smaller dream of like, I want to impact these kind of people or do this thing. And then the more you do, the more you realize you're able to do. How is that kind of making its way through school and life? And what do you want to do with that information? Yeah, so I feel like there are probably two ways for me to answer this question. I think with the School on Life brand, I really want to continue to impact Black women in meaningful ways related to cultivating community and spaces for them to connect with one another and things that matter to them. Okay. More specifically with Mentor Me, I was just talking to my business manager this morning and I was talking to her about like client work and working one-on-one with clients. And I love that work. I love like, like helping women get unstuck. And I use that phrasing specifically because so many women are just stuck. They yeah. hate their jobs and they're dreaming of entrepreneurship, but girl, you don't really have like, like there, that, that might be down the road for you, but like currently you work. Right. And there's a way to enjoy work. I kind of want to change the narrative that like working for a man or for someone is like, has to be miserable. It doesn't. There's a way. There is a way to enjoy your work. And if if I can leave an impression upon women, um, Black women specifically around like the fact that you can enjoy work and that work is for you and you can do meaningful work and add to an organization, um, I want to impress it upon them. And I think there's two ways for me to do that. One is at a um, micro level, right? Working one-on-one with women, helping them change their mindset about work, helping them think more intentionally about how to navigate work and workplaces, how to manage up, how to navigate microaggressions and racism in the workplace, how to get what they want from um, the people um, that matter at work, you know, how to ask for raises, um, how to, you know, transition in between and among careers, that kind of stuff on a, macro level, um, I'm really interested in thinking more about work in our lives Mm -hmm. and how we need to have courageous work cultures for Mm. people to be able to be vulnerable in um, and for us to to work through reducing the shame and fear at work so people can get shit done. Yeah. No, that's real. And I feel like it also is important, one, to your point that like you're at work. I know that you want to work for yourself, but you don't right now. So right now, how can we make it so that this doesn't suck for you? But then the other side, I think is just not glamorizing entrepreneurship, like with the freedom and flexibility that comes with working for yourself. There's a whole lot of other stuff that you're also dealing with. And so maybe it's not office politics anymore, but there are still pieces that you're going to hate. And I think a lot of times I blame, I say this all the time, I blame social media for everything, but the internet will tell you the problem is you're working for somebody. If you didn't, 
you wouldn't have these issues. And I'm like, yeah, you would just have different issues. I was telling my team this morning, if all I had to do was accounting, this would be a much easier job. Like I'm great at accounting. And then I'm like, you also have to run this business. And so I think it's important that you're having these conversations that you're making space in the world for people to recognize that they have a lane and maybe that's not their forever lane, but if this is where you are right now, how do we make this more palatable for you? And at the very least to your point, how do we make you more happy? Like you, it doesn't have to be a situation where every time Monday comes, you're like, everybody has the Monday blues. You don't have to have that. No, you don't. And like, I can fully and confidently say I love my job, but I don't love everything I do at my job every day. Yeah. Right. And I think that people can't distinguish the two. And uh, yeah. Yeah. You can love your work and you can love work and work be working for someone else. Um, and I'll, you know, be fully transparent that I have no goals around like doing school and life work full time. Mm -hmm. I want to have a successful and profitable business. Um, I want to impact women um, through school and life's work um, intentionally, but I always want to work in higher ed. Yeah. I I really love that work. Um, And they don't have to compete. They can work together. And I think that's an important point to make too. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have kind of a series of interviews from people who are at different stages, whether it's in or outside entrepreneurship or running alongside it, is that there's also a pressure and a, you know, Little Fish was different when she didn't have to pay my mortgage. There were a lot of things that I didn't have to think about, that I didn't have to do, that if I didn't want to do this kind of work or X project, it was like, whatever, you're going to get paid in two weeks anyway. This is not a huge deal. And so I think being realistic about that too, that there's a different kind of enjoyment that comes from your passion project and being able to do that without um, restriction or obligation that is not the same when that is your main way of eating. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I think that that's why I want to protect school yeah. life from that. Um, but, you know, when I was talking to my business manager this morning, you know, she's really um, pushing me down a path that, you know, and that's what a, biz- a good man- business manager does. Make you a little so uncomfortable. Pushing, right. She's pushing me down a path. And I'm like, mm, that's going to make school and life too big. Too big. <laughs> I don't want to do that. And she's like, but you want to make money? And I'm like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's this tension, but I want to expound on that a little bit because like in, in my vein of, I hate entrepreneurship, I really have been really intentional about building a team. So while it is Ashley's baby and it's Ashley's thing, and you know, my name is on the paperwork, I do not do school and life alone. I have an amazing co-host of my podcast, Marcy. She's a licensed clinical psychologist out of Atlanta. Um, I love her and I love podcasting with her. Um, That's her primary investment into school and life, but never really want to do this work without her. I have a copy editor. I have a graphic designer. I have two business managers. Um, I have a lawyer. I always tell Keela that like, I'm hoping one day I can make enough money to hire her (laughs) as an accountant. Like I'm always, like I have so many partners in this work and um, that's what makes it enjoyable because I am an amazing podcast host. I am a really great blog writer. I am a great mentor um, and I guide my clients through really challenging things at work, but I cannot spell any words. Like I don't spell words. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like if I didn't have a copy editor, this whole thing would be trash. <laughs> Graphic designing. Like I don't even, I have the Canva app and I've never opened it because I'm afraid. 
right? Like, uh. I, like, my, like, one of the greatest compliments I get is about the, the look and feel of my brand, like how Spoon like looks, right? And it's important to me. I like pretty things. And that's why I pay that woman, right? Yeah. Because like, do I don't do that. Photographers, I have, like, two, I have a photographer on retainer, and then I work with a lot of different photographers. But, like, I need, like, I could set up this iPhone and I could try to, like, do a timer, but it's just not going to be right. Right. So, like, I'll be high, like, you know, and that's why my business is so expensive. And um, <laughs> but, but like, for me, that's important. I don't want to do everything. I'm not good at everything. And I really believe in investing in my business and paying people who have that. It's funny because when we started, you said, you know, I don't really run my business as a business. I run it as a, and now you like, but also my whole team that, that holds me down on my business <laughs> to make sure that we're good. And I think I was listening to something not that long ago that was saying that like solopreneur is a myth because none of us really do it by ourselves. And Little Fish is obviously backed by a team. I'm telling you, if you were just dependent on me, stuff can't be on time all the time. It can't be fast because there's only one of me. But because I have a team of, you know, bookkeepers that help me and admin and operations manager that holds me down strongly. Same with you. I have someone who helps me with graphic design, photographers, all of that stuff. I think recognizing your lane of these are the things that I'm great at and only I can do for the business. So I'm going to step up and do those. And the things that someone else can do, like we just talked about podcast editing, like maybe I can, maybe I can't. We're going to see how hard it is, see what value it feels like. And then if it feels like I want to take it off my plate, pay somebody to do it. But not taking it all on your own is really a major part of understanding not just entrepreneurship, but anything that you're doing because we can't do it all. One of my mentors told me a long time ago, he was like, you're not a machine. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to miss things. Like that's just life. And if you don't incorporate other people around you who can kind of check you in these different places, you'll be miserable. Yeah. And I want to just clarify too, because I'm all about demystification. So when I say I have a photographer, I have a copy editor, I have a graphic designer, I am not paying these people salaries. Right, right. These are people that I contract. I, they're not dependent on me for their mortgage, meaning like, right. They and I think it's important to say that because sometimes when I say like I have a team, people are like, dang, <laughs> like, you out here hiring? Not, no. Okay. Like I, I am one of their many clients. And I am grateful that they make time for me. Like, let me yeah. But but I do like I I pay these people, and and a lot of the people that I work with um, are black women, and that's really intentional too. Yep. But like I pay these people, and I make investments in my business, and like I said, every investment I have made has been returned to me. Yeah, I mean that's important. People like to be able to think that they can trust you before they even interact with you, and I think branding is a really important part of that with all the pieces that you have in order. I see it and I love it. It looks fantastic. So as we talk about kind of how you appear on the internet and in the world, why don't we end by you telling people where they can find you and get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can find all things School and Life at schoolandlifepod.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-I-N lifepod. Dot com. Um, that's where you can find episodes of the podcast. Um, I have a blog that comes out twice a month. Um, and so I definitely encourage you to read that. It's got tons of gems. Uh, on the website, you can sign up um, for our email list and you'll get those blogs and my weekly emails, which are called mentoring moments um, in your email box. I love my email series. I'm so passionate about it because I get to connect with my audience every week through the podcast, but also in their email. Um, and then if you need one-on-one mentoring services, if you're a woman um, who is looking 
looking to level up in um, work and in life and need that one-on-one support around personal professional development. And if you're unhappy at work now, there is a way to be happy and I can help you with that. So let me mentor you. You can go to schoolandlifepod.com backslash mentor dash me to schedule one-on-one mentoring appointments. Thank you so much for being on Fish Food. I so appreciate you. As I said, and I will say publicly, I'm so proud of you. And I can't (laughs) wait to see what School and Life does next. Thanks, Gillian.